0: Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Church. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, The Equipping Center. Um, just so so good to be with you today, and uh, it is just my honour to be able to serve you, share with you something of what I feel God wants to say to you. When I um, when I heard. That Jacob was not well, and I spoke to him. I I mean, I just wanted to come over, but the reality is I can't. And, uh, but I asked him, How can I help you? And could I preach for you or whatever? And he said, I'd like you to preach for us. And this Sunday, and the moment he said that, you know, I just had a download from the Holy Spirit as to what he wanted me to say. But before I share that, I just want to um, bring my greetings to both Pastor Jacob and Anna Biswell, just in, just wonderful friends. You know, I was thinking as I was getting ready for this that if I was looking for a church to be in, a pastor to submit to, I wouldn't hesitate to do that um, with uh, Pastor Jacob and his wife, Anna. I just think they're so genuine. And, and of course, I've experienced their gift in my life. I, I just very recently... Uh, had a situation where I needed to really know the will of God on quite an important matter. I had a couple of options. I rang Jacob. I asked if he would be just prepared to pray and just see what the Lord would say. And uh, four days later, I rang him and God had spoken to him and fundamentally had spoken exactly what I felt, but I needed to know. know, sometimes you just need to know that you know. And, uh, Wow, and it was just a huge encouragement. I also want to bring greetings to a, a couple of other friends, um, Hector and Susanna. I don't know whether you're in Singapore or, or um, there in Bryan, Texas, but you know I just so love you guys, and uh, I miss being in your home. I love staying at your home. You've been such wonderful hosts. You know, you get to a point in your life where you just start to hate hotels, and uh, the, the alternative has been your home which is far better than a hotel and you've been such gracious hosts hostess and friends and of course um, there's owen and Jeannie mansell as many of you know owen came from um, encounter church in auckland here the church i pastor and um, owen and Jeannie was with it were over here recently unfortunately because of the COVID situation, we were not able to have church, so they couldn't be with us at church, but I spent time with them. It was absolutely fantastic. But this morning, um, and and let me just say this, I know that in the Equipping Centre are many other friends, people I would consider friends, just been amazing. And what some of you who are newer to the church may not realise, but there is a genuine partnership and connection between the Equipping Centre and my church and Counter Church. Many of my people um, think of you often and uh, pray for you. Uh, they, they just they just love you guys. And and Jacob um, and Anna have been a huge blessing to our nation. So anyway, I want to share with you what I felt the Lord downloaded me. And it's probably a scripture that I have Shared with you before, but actually, it comes out of what probably is my favorite book in the Bible. And it's Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And it says this I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. And then the Lord answered me and he said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come, it will not delay. You know, Habakkuk is in the midst of a discussion with God. And in chapter one, he is complaining bitterly as to why God doesn't intervene, why there just is no justice. Basically, why God just seems to not be doing what Habakkuk feels he should be happening. And what God does is he responds And he says to Habakkuk, verse 5, look to the nations, observe, be astonished, wonder, because I'm doing something in your days. You'd not believe it if you were told. Well, he didn't get it, and he continued complaining. And, you know, to me, it's not too dissimilar to today, the virus, the pandemic, people dying. Sickness everywhere. And the question is, why, God, have you not just stopped this? And, of course, what that does is it really exposes our hearts. It exposes, for many people, the fear, the anxiety, the doubts about the reality of God being connected regarding our lives and so forth. And, you know, if there is one thing that I have observed during the pandemic, Christians can be incredibly immature, childish and full of fear. You know, I decided for the sake of the people I pastor and encounter, what is going to be the best thing to do? Should I have the vaccine or not, the Pfizer vaccine? my decision was to have the vaccine even though i strongly disagreed with it and i knew i was getting so much information from around new zealand from overseas as to the potential of its danger but my my decision to have the vaccine was based upon two options get i could either get COVID. And because as many of you know, I've had three heart operations, my immune system is compromised. If I got COVID, I probably would be one of those high risk going to die or potentially have what's called long COVID. Or I could have the vaccine, that was my other option, and potentially suffer from side effects, but at least I would be able to continue to minister. And the result was, I had the I had the first vaccine. Now actually what I did was I, you know, my my wife was pressurizing me to have the vaccine and she'd had the first vaccine and it had no reaction to it. And so she was really pushing me to have it. So I decided I'm not going to tell her. I'm going to actually have the vaccine and and get the there's the second shot and and we'll arrive at the airport one day and they'll ask us, have you had the vaccine? And she'll say yes but my husband hasn't and I'll be able to say Yes, I have, and just make it a surprise. But the problem was, I suffered incredible side effects, and and so the the very things that people were were talking about potentially could happen were happening to me. I suffered incredibly, actually, and it got to the point where I had to tell Patricia while we were at home, look, I've had a a huge reaction, and I was in great pain. I, I could hardly breathe and and feeling ill. And the result was I had to tell her that and say, look, you may need to ring an ambulance. Well, actually, I, I sort of got over that. But a, a week or two later, the reaction came again from the first vaccine and I had to go to the doctor and the doctor said, you're not leaving um, the surgery here, you're going direct to hospital. and uh, And so I did that and I knew that was the potential side effects, but I felt that what was more important was the ability to be able to continue to love the people of my church encounter and beyond. And having the vaccine was at least some level of assurance that I could continue to minister. And uh, I had the second vaccine and I have reacted to that one as well. In fact, we had to come home from our holiday. I was so sick. I needed to be near the hospitals that had my records. I'm getting better, praise the Lord. But here's the thing. One Christian woman heard about the fact that I'd had the vaccine and I was having a reaction. Um, One of the senior pastors in New Zealand wanted to put my name forward as one of the people that had had this terrible reaction. and And I felt that needed to happen so as to bring an awareness that that the vaccine has got some dangerous side effects to it. Well, this Christian woman wrote to me and she just went berserk. How could I do that? I've come under satanic influence for having the vaccine. I am deceived and I am evil. And I, I read this and I thought, this is unbelievable. Here's this old, clearly a a mature so-called Christian, and what a reaction, just childish, immature, incredibly legalistic, failing to understand what free choice is about and failing to have the grace and liberty to allow a person to follow their own convictions as to what they should do. And let me stress I'm not I'm not saying don't have the vaccine, I'm just saying that's my experience. My wife's had the vaccine, she's had no reaction at all. But you see, the problem is this type of reaction is widespread amongst Christians. Christians unable to discuss issues, taking one side or the other, especially regarding the vaccine. Christians who are getting angry. And they're able to discuss alternate viewpoints. And if one thing has been exposed to me during the last two years of this pandemic, is actually how childish, how immature many Christians remain. And that doesn't even address the fear, the anxiety, the lack of faith that so many Christians are demonstrating. Well, what Habakkuk realizes suddenly that he has complained to God, he's criticized God, he's stepped over the line in terms of his attitude. And in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I will stand on my guard post, I'll station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me And how I may reply when I am reproved. Put it another way, God's going to strike me dead because I've gone too far. And for me, this is one of the greatest moments in the Bible. How God, how is God going to respond to him? Will God actually bring judgment down upon him for his attitude? Will God strike him dead? And when you grasp The magnificence of God's response, it should forever change your life. Because what God did was he totally ignored Habakkuk's response and his attitudes and his criticism. And for me, this is one of the greatest moments in the Bible. To realize that God is much bigger than our reactions, than our attitudes, than our viewpoints. God is unfazed by that. And you see, what we've discovered through this pandemic is Christians can hold their self-righteous positions, their legalistic viewpoints, their extremes of belief systems, their immature reactions, their absolute childishness. And God just gets on with the business of kingdom stuff and ignores it all. eh? Hey? His response in chapter 2, verse 2 to 3, then the Lord answered me and he said, Habakkuk, record the vision and scribe it on the tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. In other words, in the long run, what you may or may not think about all that is happening is actually irrelevant. God says, I have a vision. I have given you that vision. So get over all of your attitudes and refocus on what I have called you to do and to be. And my message to the equipping center this morning is God has given you a vision a purpose for existence. It has an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal. It will not fail. The pandemic has caused it to tarry for a season, but it will certainly come. It will not delay. It is going to come to pass. In other words, nothing has changed in terms of your purpose, your directives, your mandate as a church. Do you know, in Auckland, New Zealand, my city, Auckland, has been in lockdown, or was in lockdown for about a 100 days. And it forced us to refocus on how we were doing church. And one of the things I did was I sent the church, I broke the church up, and we started to have church in the homes that we could legally do. And, and based upon this, we had this scripture in Acts chapter two, verse 42 to 47. Now, listen to it. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here's the thing they were still continuing in the temple, if you like, the big church gathering, but they were also in house to house, and they were meeting together in smaller groups. And so I did this. I We couldn't actually meet in the big meeting situation, and we've gone house to house ha- in, in church hell, um, homes, church in the homes. You know what? Our people have loved it. And yes, they're wanting the large meeting, because in the large meeting comes the corporate anointing, but the personal ministry, the development of body ministry has been amazing and i believe that this season of pandemic has been about bringing the church to an an awareness of each other of ministering to each other of deepening our connections and relationships and fundamentally fulfilling ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 to 16 which states as a result We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves. Wow. I see many Christians being tossed around by what they feel the government's doing and and what's happening internationally and and all of these mandates for lockdowns and, and how we're supposed to do it, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery. Whoa. Lots of trickery at the moment of men by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Yep, people are getting tossed by all that, listening to conspiracy theories and so on. But he says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ. Now listen to it. From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what? Every joint supplies what you, the person next to you, your friends, what every joint supplies. God is wanting the body to minister to the body. Where each individual member is properly working, causing the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. What the whole body being fitted together. You see, people have been tossed around by the trickery of men, by deceitful behaviours, by conspiracies, and just lots of outright nonsense. And in all that, God says this is our moment to grow up in all aspects into him. It is about the body ministering to each other. It is about confronting our idol, our idol, That the church is about me, that the church must meet my need, what I need. No, actually, church is about our love for one another, seeking to encourage and strengthen the faith of each other, living above the fears and the anxieties, and seeing the needs of others and, and loving on them. But you see, the church has needed. A major reformatting of its priorities and methods of function. And you see, we can all be very precious about how we feel the church should look like. But this pandemic has smashed that idol, that legalistic, that narrow mindset that many people have carried. And it's forced us to rethink church. And how it looks and how it should function. Do you know when the first lockdown occurred for us in New Zealand in March 2020? I happened to be up north by myself on a beach property, beachfront property, phenomenal, beautiful. And it had good internet connection. And I felt the Lord say to me, While your church is in lockdown, I want you to increase your internet exposure. And so I preached like I'm doing right now and recorded, two Sunday messages. And I commenced Tuesday night interviews all by Zoom. And I would interview top ministries, and I was interviewed myself many times over various topics. But the thing that amazed me was the huge impact that this had. It, It actually was international, amazing. And uh, my friend, Apostle Mike Connell, I, I interviewed him many times, and one of the greatest Bible teachers in our nation, and yet a man of the Spirit and so on. It was just amazing. But then, of course, another lockdown occurred at the beginning of 2021. And I felt God say, increase your internet exposure. And so I commenced on Thursday nights a Holy Spirit Empowerment Night. And so I got my team to to purchase through the church, I I think a 72-inch TV, massive TV, put a top-of-the-line video and speaker system into it. I set it up in my office at church where I am currently, and, and I began these Holy Spirit encounters. And to be honest, it was really, really hard. I mean, I'd have sometimes, you know, a whole... Heap of people, 49 people per screen. And I move amongst the screens and I would prophesy over people, pray for healing for people. I cast demons out. I had some of my friends who are Holy Ghost Ministries minister with me. And God moved all over the world. It was so hard to, to have this when I'm sitting in front of this big TV and, and seeking to, to release the power of God. But but we saw it all happen. People were, were getting slain in the spirit. One moment they were, they were on my screen. The next moment they've disappeared. People were falling out under the power of God. And there were miracles and healings taking place. People were just getting supernaturally healed. It was amazing. And then, of course, the demons would start to manifest. And we would watch us. as as people would get delivered over the internet, you'd see them manifesting these these demon spirits and they would get delivered. It was remarkable. But what was actually happening? For Encounter, our mission statement is bringing people into a dynamic encounter with Jesus Christ. And God was revealing the vision. Despite the lockdowns was alive, it was unchanged. We just needed to hear how God wanted us to reformat what we were doing. And the amazing thing is, God backed us up. And to you, the equipping center, nothing in terms of the heart of God has changed for your church or for your people. The vision is alive, it's real, and is awaiting your participation in that vision. And what Habakkuk shows us is that we do experience highs and lows in our lives and in our churches. There are going to be good seasons and they're going to be not so good seasons. There's going to be average seasons, but seasons change. And Equipping Centre right now, you're in a difficult season, which has impact on your ability to gather and it can affect your finances. But the reality is, that it's not going to last forever. And what sustains our future as Christians and as a church is the vision, because we know the seasons change, but the vision, the mandate never changes. The heartbeat of who we are, who you are, and what we are called to be remains unchanged. And encounter the vision to bring people into a dynamic of encounter with Jesus Christ We divided up into house churches recently. But the one of them demands was this and continues to be that every house church must minister to each other in the power of God. People must experience the supernatural. This last Sunday, I attended one of those house churches. There were about 12 to 15 people that were in the meeting. And in that small environment, I... I, I, the guy who was, who was one of my leaders was, was leading the meeting, and because I've come as a visitor, I said, "Look, I, I feel to pray for someone. Would you mind if I prayed for a couple of people?" I, I submitted to his authority, and in the smaller environment, I was able to spend much longer time in prophesying over someone, so over a person. Then I did it over two people. I sat on a chair, I sat the person opposite me on the chair, and I spent about five or ten minutes on each person prophesying over them and what God was saying. But you see, it's in that smaller group that I was able to do far better in the prophetic flow than in the big public meeting. And of course, the impact was huge. The two people remained drunk in the spirit, even through lunch. But you see, what I want you to see, the opportunity has been created through this pandemic to minister to one another rather than just sitting in a church meeting and listening. The corporate meeting is vital. It brings a corporate anointing and to hear the word of God preached. Absolutely. But also for us at Encounter, we had to respond to the government restrictions. And we have discovered a life flow that has been incredible. Many of you right now are in lockdown personally because you've contracted the virus. But that doesn't mean that you cannot minister one to another. It cannot be that you can be a blessing to other people. So I have a situation with quite a a few people in my church who who pray for each other. They they ring each other up and they pray for each other every day. And their lives have been transformed through this experience. You see, the vision for the equipping centre doesn't fail. But how we express that vision, the methods can change. And as long as we adhere to one very simple passage. Oh, this is important. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful... And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, even despite the fact that you might have COVID right now. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more, as you see the day drawing near, stimulate each other to love and good deeds. See, my challenge to you would be, who have you contacted today? Or yesterday, who are you going to contact in the equipping centre to see how they're doing, to see if they need prayer? And that's for the body, to minister to the body. He says, don't stop meeting with each other. Well, it's the habit of some to stop meeting. And you see, this has been a great challenge. As we've gone into house church, I'm interested to see who have just stopped meeting together. And then, of course, he says, "And encourage each other, especially as you see the, dra- the day drawing near." And you see, as the day draws near, the last days, the pressures greater, the fear that is being created um, through the narratives that have been expressed. But you see, we encourage each other. For me, this season has exposed to us a number of things. The first thing is, who is really committed? For encounter, attendance at our home churches and continuing to give financially demonstrates who's really committed. Do you know, and I and this is only but by the grace of God, the generosity of people and the commitment of people, our church finances through all of these lockdowns are the strongest that they have been for probably 15 years. And it's just an incredible blessing. And I give all praise to God for that, that he has worked in our church. But it's amazing. Even during lockdown, when people couldn't meet even in the homes, people gave. And they have revealed who are really faithful. Therefore, it's, it's, it's not about the big meeting, but but our relationship that we have with one another and our expressions of love toward each other. The second thing that the lockdowns and the pandemic has exposed to the church has been the level of authenticity that people have with their relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know when I read some of the stuff from Christians on the internet, they just transfixed by fear, by panic, many depression as a result of the lockdown. And of course, I just ask, where is Christ in this? Where is the authenticity in your life, in my life, of such passages as Psalm 91, 1 to 11? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. That's one scripture. Another one in Psalm 27, 1 to 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries, and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamped against me, listen to what he says My heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, in spite of this, I will be confident. One thing that I have desired from the Lord and that I will seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer to uh, in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing. I will sing praises to the Lord. See, Christianity is this. Jesus is with us. He lives with us and in us. He will look after us. He will minister to us. He will meet needs and so forth. And the thing that I ask of the equipping centre members, of the Encounter Church Auckland members and the other Encounter Churches, what is each person's level of authenticity? For me, I believe the Lord spoke to me right at the beginning of this pandemic two years ago. That this pandemic will be the greatest opportunity for the church in our lifetime. And it has been really hard. Wow. But alongside of that, we have seen the Lord do amazing things. My word for the equipping center is simple the vision hasn't changed, your future is already written in the heart of God for you. And God is preparing you in your heart and your responses to be equipped for greater times ahead. Do you know one of the messages that was constantly reinforced when I was doing the Tuesday night interviews with Apostle Mike Connell was the kingdom of God is all about Our hearts about what we're allowing the Lord to do in our hearts to bring change and to bring maturity, to deal with the strongholds and the areas of brokenness. Why? Because God is preparing the church for greater days ahead, but it's going to take strength of character, it's going to take strength of spirit, it's going to take godly attitudes that are not railroaded by fear and anxiety. It's going to take a group of people that say we will hold on to God because we believe God has his best for us, that we believe God is with us. And there may be some temporary setbacks, but God is much bigger than all of that. And the vision is already established, and we are holding out that what God promised He is faithful to deliver to the equipping center in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Let me pray for you all right now. Father, I thank you for the equipping center. I thank you for the calling of God that is upon their lives. I thank you for Pastor Jacob and Anna Biswell and for the leaders that are are gathered around them. I thank you for the old and new members of this church. And I pray... Lord, let this message just be like a light in a dark place. Let it just bring to the surface issues of the heart so that that, that they can be dealt with. Let this be a season of great ministry, great preparation, and great abundance of the grace of God. Father, I pray for the equipping center right now. Lord, just pour out your spirit upon them and let your blessing be upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. It has been so good to share with you. And I trust that what I've shared today has been a great blessing to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.